Hi everybody, I'm Wendy Murdoch and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic and we're coming on one year of me being off the road. I came off the road, I think the second week in March. So this is almost a year and we've done almost 170 webinars, which is really quite amazing. I know it's just good, quite amazing. Um, and just to remind everybody, we are in week five of the five week free giveaway Surefoot Pad contests. Um, it's for our fifth anniversary. This week, all you have to do is uh, tell us something about one of the webinars on Surefoot that you really liked, that you learned. So you go to Fans of Surefoot or the Surefoot Facebook page, post that in your comments and you're entered to win. Just remember that to be eligible for the grand prize of a full set of Surefoot pads of over $1,000 value, you have to enter all five weeks. So now that we're on week five, you just have to go back and do one, two, three, and four. You're not eligible for that week contest because it's already passed, but you are eligible for the grand prize. So just go back, fill in those other contests and you'll be enrolled. Next week we'll be posting, we'll, well, I'm still working out the details how we're gonna do that. Everybody in terms of <coughs> how many contests they've entered just so that you can check. And if you haven't done them all, you'll know which one to go back and fill in. All right, um, so we've been having such a blast with this thing. I, I've made my, uh, my, uh, uh, my staff kind of crazy. <laughs> because I had no idea what I was doing when I started. But it's been really, really fun. And um, I hope everybody's enjoying it. Today is one of my favorite guest people, guest people, persons. <laughs> <laughs> favorite guests, Laura and Sharon Wilsey. And I just didn't realize that it's been two months since you guys have been on the show. I know, I was looking at that. It was crazy. How did we do that? We're supposed to do every two weeks. So we'll get, we'll get back on a on a plan here. Um, <coughs> and so I'll let them introduce yourself, uh, themselves and just so that you know, they have a new book coming out soon. When I say soon, it's not there yet, but they'll tell you about it. So that'll be really exciting. All right, well, welcome Sharon and Laura. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, Thank thanks you, for having us be here. We love coming on your show. It's kind of a highlight for us too. So it was like, oh, we had to talk to Wendy today. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we missed. I just got busy, I guess. Oh, it's just been crazy. February was a blur, really. Mm. It was a blur, wasn't it? It yeah. just went by and it was just, I, yeah. <laughs> so we're in March, yay, spring. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Pardon me, I got a little frog in my throat. Okay. Hey, well, doing? I'm yeah. Laura Wilsey and I'm the co-founder of Horse Speak. And uh, it's, I have met Sharon 11 years ago, who is obviously she's the founder of this epic journey that we've been on since uh, 2016 when Horse Speak first got released. And um, we're just so excited to be able to give a language system, not only for horse on horse communication, but also how we as the humans, we can give the human direction to be able to have conversations with horses. So then everyone has a common ground to be able to talk. You say, greet, go away face, use the follow me button, do a turnkey, come to me and point at the hip. You know, it's all these different um, this terminology. terminology in a container to be able to have a common ground. And it's so much fun when we go and do our webinars on Tuesdays, you know, um, where we have a whole group of folks to be able to, everyone's in the same common ground of horse speak. So, so, really so I have a question that. for you, for people who might not be familiar, how is that different than body language type things that people do with horses? That's a really good question. Um, generally, when people think about body language for horses, they it's a big broad stroke 
and it has to do with training. So it's body language as in regards to how do I uh, get my horse to do a thing. And horse speak is, uh, was an in-depth study that I, I was in to understand how horses are communicating with horses. Like, like if you were to go to study gazelles or something, you know, like I took it on as a species, not as a trainer. And by doing it in that way, I was able to break down the, the nitty gritty of the patterns of communication that they use, the specific locations on the body that they use for those uh, patterns. And how does it begin? What's the thing that they tend to communicate about in frequency and, and what is the need for it? And, and how, do, how does it end? How do they come to a, an end point? And then how do they maybe re, you know, reignite a conversation? And why would that be important? That's important because horses have the ability to create calm in a herd, to um, protect the weak, to um, basically have a congruent society structure. And the, the biggest thing if you're a prey animal is, is not flipping out at the drop of a hat. Like all of us have had the experience of, you know, a, a leaf falls and the horse flips out, right? And so, <clears throat> in nature, they have ways and governing bodies in the herd and systems in the herd that have them be so supported, have the herd in general be so supported that nobody flips out at the drop of a hat. You know, so there are certain horses, I might call them the sentry or the mentor, who are the governing bodies and say, that's a leaf, nobody flip out, right? And so if I know how to imitate that horse and those signals, then I can send that message effectively to a horse about what's going on in his environment to use his own system of communication to help him not flip out about a leaf. But beyond that, I can also say, well, this horse is touchy and he doesn't want to get groomed. Well, there's a very specific way to ask, can I touch your body? Or this horse is having a really big problem with X, Y, Z, you name it, or this horse paws on the cross ties. Every single thing that horses do with their body is a form of language. And if we, if we just take that for what that is, uh, not thinking behaviorism, but actually thinking language system, then we can basically learn the nuts and bolts of that language system in order to create bonding, well-being, calmness, and, and keep their attention and focus on us, which is the keynote. Right, so, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking back about watching trainers use body language. And to me, a lot of it was very aggressive, uh, you know, like really coming at the horse to make the horse move or very large, very sort of um, uh, uh, unsophisticated, if you will, or gross motor control, you know? And when I say gross motor control, it's like, you know, C spot run. Big motions. Right, um, yeah. versus <clears throat> very fine, delicate things. And, I, and if I understand correctly, what you're trying to tell me is, the, the typical body language, the way people have been taught it is a very, uh, is much more gross motor control to affect certain movements in the horse where this isn't about trying to make a horse move. Right. This is about trying to figure out how horses uh, talk to each other in a herd and then mimic how they're talking to each other in a herd so that you're actually speaking their language, I guess is for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, and the cool thing about this is along the way, um, we have so many people now sending us pictures of themselves talking to wild deer and someone told a bear 
Uh, she did a big X at a bear that was chasing a deer through her backyard and the bear stopped and sat down. <laughs> in the house and get a camera and took pictures because the bear's still sitting there like, you X'd me. I, <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, I talked to some wild sea lions in the water. Uh, some, you know, people have had- Someone was talking to zebras. Zebras at a zoo. And so- Now, when you say talking, you're meaning talking with the- Body language. There's, right. there, it turns out, and this is way cool, that although there's obviously differences, like a horned animal has horned communications and predator has predator communications, but there's a baseline of greeting ritual, mutual respect ritual, uh, how are we gonna negotiate space ritual? Wh what do we wanna do with each other or nothing? And how do we separate calmly ritual? So all of those things are so similar in, in with all animals that if you know the baseline of horse speak, you kind of know the baseline of animal speak, which is really becoming fascinating. But so, so that makes me think that this would, since we're all mammals, well, we're talking about mammals. I shouldn't say we're all mammals. Reptiles aren't mammals, but that we are included in this. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because it seems to me lately that in some ways, COVID has caused us to have to be more alert like horses, uh, more present every day. But there's also been somewhat of a breakdown of the sort of more subtle communication. We've gone into a more crude communication. Like I can just remember the day that I flipped out in the store because somebody didn't have a mask on and I ran out screaming. And <laughs> Were you doing crude communication? It's just, it was a bad day. Other things had happened and I was kind of stressed and, you know, just kind of didn't go well when the cop showed up at my door to say that I chucked something at a customer, which I didn't. I threw it on the counter. But, you know, so, you know, it's interesting during this time that we get to um, be more instinctual, I guess is the way to say it, which, which in a way is great because it helps us relate to horses who are always instinctive in their interactions. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, I think that one of the things that we value from horses is how they can make us feel like a really nice day with your horse can just kind of cure everything. But with all this added stress in our lives, we're bringing extra stress to them, which we already, uh, we already, you know, our brains operate on like, you know, tunnel vision, what am I gonna do? The thing that's in front of me, go chase the ball, la 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 la. And prey animals operate on how, how do I stay protected? How do I stay observant of my environment and close to my pals? So we collectively as a group are safe. So right off the bat, just coming into each other's field, we're on different operation levels. So if we're coming in now with more tunnel vision, because we've been looking, we've been doom scrolling on the phone, right? <laughs> That's a word for me. Okay, doom scrolling. It's a whole, it's a thing now. It's a thing. Doom, really? What's doom? It's really a thing. Tell yeah. me what it is, because I don't, I missed this one. Doom scrolling. So you're scrolling was, to see bad things? Yeah, you just can't, like a train wreck. You just can't, like, what did he say? And what is going on? And oh my God, and it's like, Wow. You know, okay, so my my yeah, yeah. little uh, drama is nothing compared to I mean it was just, you know, a little blip yeah. on this radar screen. Yeah, doom scrolling. It's a it's a whole new uh, thing that people are seeking therapy for. <laughs> wow. I, I guess I missed that one. Okay. Yeah. So you know, we come to we come to our horses and we're like, I'd like to feel good and have a good day. 
And, and if what, what we're bringing is a facial expression that looks like this and we're not breathing and we're like, hi, you know, <laughs> horses tend, are more likely to go, I'm not, I'm already I'm having not a nice day. <laughs> Doom so there's certain things I just that, can't I that I just, you know, anyway, I live in a bubble. Uh, all right. Well, there's so certain things I've learned that are, are really uh, predictable, repeatable things. And even if you're not in 100% the right state internally, there are still communications you can start doing externally that encourage connection and closeness and understanding. Does it work with partners? And people have reported that it does. Oh. Yeah, I actually gave a talk at a um, conference for Southern Vermont um, therapists. And I, I brought, I did a, basically an X's and O uh, two hour lecture and they found it so helpful because it's a lot of outreach programs and things like that, where you're looking at de-escalation as a, as a big deal, a big part of the program. Right. Um, and I did some with uh, some state troopers too. I did a, a specialist, but they were um, canine cops. So I did some X's and O work with them and the dogs and de-escalation and things like that. So yeah, it's high, it's effective because we're mammals too. So all right, so we're gonna have to do a webinar one day just on teaching everybody how to de-escalate their partners. <laughs> yes. we should do it that'd be super fun yeah no that'd be really fun i'll plan that for the next time because i just right. i think that that you know that's something that's immediately usable for all of us even if we're not at the farm oh absolutely so did is this can everyone see this yeah you have got right? a, a still shot of a video of a hand on a cage yeah and yes. there's and there's a zebra there not yet we can't see the zebra it disappeared oh, okay we only see we don't see the whole scroll bar so all right, so, so tell us about what we're about to see and we'll see what happens when you- All right, so this is a person who has been communicating with these zebras. It's electric fence, a lot of electric fence on the inside. So she's not actually touching the cage because she, she's only electrocuted. She's just outside the cage, but this is a palm forward message. Now, because we walk on two legs oh. and we have hands and we use, just we use our hands. She, she's going to bring it back up. Okay. Uh, so everybody can see it. <clears throat> so a palm forward message simulates where an animal would use a large chunk of their body and they would display like a whole shoulder or the whole side of their cheek or the whole side of their flank and they would sort of put it on display and as part of a communication. They don't have hands, but they'll do a large part of their body. So for us, because we're not even shaped that way, the palm forward can take up that same meaning. And this is the first time she's ever done this. These are wild zebra. And just by having her palm forward, she's just saying, I'm here, I wanna communicate with you. I don't need anything from you. So this is, not, so you wanna make sure that there's not claws or that your fingers aren't spread wide, and which could look like elbow, grabby hand, right? And it's not a straight elbow. It's, it's a relaxed shoulder, relaxed elbow, palm forward and a big breath out, which is, the out breath is incredibly important to say, I'm releasing my breath. I'm not holding my breath. So those two messages, palm forward and out breath is a direct signal that says, I'm, I'm open to talk and I'm not holding my breath because whether you're a prey or a predator, if you're holding a breath, you're anticipating. But if you're releasing your breath, you're not anticipating. And so she's already done a bunch of things, but she's arrived at this point with, I think this is the dominant zebra. No, this okay, is so the she, She's been familiar with horse speak for a while. Yeah. Yes. And so she's gone to this, is this a zoo? 
Yeah, it's a zoo. And the particular the particular zebra that's right here in the front is not feeling very well. And so typically they're not in this kind of enclosure. They're usually out wandering in their paddock or- Actually, you see how it's got a hind hoof, hind hoof cocked? Yeah. That, that's wounded, that hind hoof there. Okay, like a- so, so they're in this smaller area because of the injury. Yes. yes. And she's been called in to talk to them or- She just happens to know the owner of this particular zoo. And really was curious, I wonder if, how, how this would translate. So this little wounded zebra has been fascinated by the conversation has gotten closer and closer and closer to the fence. The wounded one is like, you seem nice. I want to look at you. And the one coming around from behind is the protector one who's, who does interesting things. He connects with her and communicates, but he also displays protection. Well, yeah, the ear set is fascinating on the one moving up. Yep. He's concentrating right there. And then he's interested. And it's almost like he gets interested and then she draws, does a draw down. And that one says, yeah, I can do that. And then looks back at the buddy. Did you see that? And then this, stop there. So that is, this is the one who's the protector and the protector just reached back and touched his own girth button. Oh, we missed that. It was a little Go back and show that again. Yeah. So when he touched his own girth button, right? So she drew him down. This oh, is the wounded one. And then the wounded one looks at the protector and says, do you see that? That was nice. I like that, right? <clears throat> so the protector had come forward, looked at the wounded one and touched girth, which means you stay with me <clears throat> because he's a little freaked out that this is happening. All right. So he says, you stay with me. That's what that message means. And then looks at her and takes into consideration everything that's happening. That's the chew. There's a blink. There's a greeting knuckle. It says, I just want to greet you. And he brings his nose forward and does a greeting, but then also, see, there's a greeting, but then also has to say, but, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, that was kind of a mixed message there with you could right. see the ears coming in. Right. Yeah. So I can't, he did it because there was this breathy contact, but then there was also a warning. Right. You know, I, I'm a wild animal. I don't know who you are or what you are but then he turns and shows his whole flank as he's turning and there's no kicking. So this showing the whole flank, that's the equivalent of showing the palm. So it's like, I see if she had like a week of doing this with these, with these animals, predictably this zebra would probably get more. I would never hundred percent trust this wild zebra, no. but predictably the zebra would get just calmer and less apprehensive about it, stuff. It was so interesting. I don't know if you can back it up to see when he comes to greet her, how there's such a mixed message there between mm-hmm. wanting to greet, but not sure about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really amazing. There. Right. No, it, no, it's there. He There he's positive, right? Touches his girth button. Yep. His then ears comes around, it. ears come forward for a moment. Right. Yeah. Licking and chewing. Blinking. Blinking. There, there at least one ear came forward. Yeah. This is a definite breath towards the hand. The ears are concentrating. They're not pinned. Not till there. They're pinned. Yeah. Then they pin as he greets. So that's a, I'll do it, but I'm defensive about it. And the nip isn't, it's not a horrible lunging at the fence and he shakes it off. He's like, this is, in my mind, if I were to translate this to human, he'd be like, you're freaking me out, lady. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, if we go back to where we started with her having her hold hand up and the softness of this 
the one in front here. And when she lowers her head, they're both really like intrigued by her message of like, I'm holding you. And she's also at a 45 degree yeah, angle. She's got her shoulder and she turned, this is a very clear. Yeah, this was the really fascinating. Yeah. Is this called turn the key, come to me? And animals respond to the turning and then the lowering or the drawing in. So she does the turn, the twisting is important because it releases stress. And they're so fascinated by her at this moment. Yes. Right. And she, the one in front lowers her head and his ears go, what? What? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's just really fascinating to see that these small little gestures really had a clear, you know, suggestion to follow my lead, put your head down. And then also she had her knuckle out for a greeting and he did come over. Yeah, obviously he was like defensive, defensive about it, but he's a, also a wild animal. Well, and, the, the fact you know, that he approached her because, you, you know, let's look at this. This is a zebra, it was a wild animal and zebras are not really tameable, right? Right. And you might think his normal reaction would be to go away. Hey, there's this strange person here near my fence. Why would I come closer to the fence, right? So the very right. exactly. Yeah, exactly comes to her he knows exactly what this is supposed to mean because he does right between his nostrils there's the greet and then he turns to the side and there's the defense but he also went away yeah so he didn't continue to, to flip and turn and try to kick here he just says he should i'll it off. go away i'll shake it up and his ears went sideways right and he's doing a nice slow saunter away and now his ears even went forward in that moment too Right, right. There. and his head is low he's not in the high-headed you know hollow back run away you know that we're in danger he's just like this is weird this never happened before and she she was able to say that these guys if they're not handled they're not you know yeah they people don't Only, handle them sorry right I'm having a hard time not sharing my screen can you stop my screen share uh, <laughs> uh let's see if i can stop your screen share uh, no, you. Uh, I cannot appear to stop your screen share. Hmm. Oh wait, yes, I can. Ah, thank you. Here we go. Wow, that was really, really fascinating. What a great piece of film. Yeah, yeah. It's he yeah, shows, shows his buttons. Yes, yes, all his buttons. When he walks by, that's called a display of the buttons because when they do this saunter past, they're basically like, "Well, here's all my buttons. You're weirding me out, but I'll show them to you." Yeah. Um, zebras basically are are. Yeah, Linda. Some people have trained some, but it's not really a breed that you tr train, a species that you train. Um, right. Very difficult. Um, and you will see them, like in Circus Kenny, they had some zebras, and um, you will see old pictures from the 1800s in Kenya where they have a driving zebra, but that's very, very rare. <laughs> they, are, they are not domestic, like domestic horses, not at all. No. no. Um, so some people have raised their hands. It's much easier if you put your question in the Q&A or the chat rather than raising your hand um, because that doesn't work out too good. Yes, we have, um, someone was commenting, I think on doing the body language um, for your partner. This is so useful. I just, uh, just begin to feel this myself that my own unconsciously pandemic stress has been affecting my interaction with my most sensitive pony and something has just happened to reduce my stress and immediately he is in a different place with me right yeah yeah and you know there is this whole thing now that they are talking about you know a lot of people are now home because of the pandemic and there is a lot more stressors just in general in relationships 
right. because either you're both sharing the space all day long. You each have your personal stress, you know, so it's, um, and then it's definitely just, a fascinating time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is. And it's, uh, uh, well, anyway, you know, then when you have something like our instantaneous went out, so we lost hot water. <laughs> there you go. That's always a bummer. Just add a little in-home drama like that. We're doing okay. We haven't, you know, um, <laughs> but comic, it would be nice to do some calming signals and yes. <laughs> Breathing. Yes. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> it's more for me, right? It's like calm down, calm down. Well, here's one thing. One thing that and I don't not I don't definitively know why this works. I've had a bunch of people say acupuncture, ginseng, jitsu, did it, all the kinds of reasons why. But what I do know is if you put these fingers together, minus these guys and minus these guys, just these two. So your middle and ring finger. <clears throat> yep. And then you rest, you sort of flip your palm up and just rest your hands for a moment. Hmm. You'll notice if you just do that, you don't even think about it. What you'll notice in a moment is that your face relaxes, you take a bigger breath, your diaphragm relaxes. I'm not sure why, but I did this at, when I taught at Landmark College with all the students who, you know, a lot of them had ADHD and things like that. And this is how they could physically kind of hack into a more calm state. It's not all of it, but it definitely helps. No, there's an instant breathing change. Yep. Yeah. Fascinating. And there, there we are back more into your O posture as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So that the more that we adopt an O posture, which is not about hunching, it's about re releasing here, releasing here, just allowing the, the joints to, to round and soften and adding this, this piece to it really helps the breathing to take on a more natural flow. Mm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I could feel it immediately. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have another video or should I play the one that I have? Yeah, we can get our other video going. Okay, and then we'll do Sue Smith's okay. horse after that. Sounds good. Well, we were excited because we were working at, um, we were working on helping a herd integration happen, actually at, at Heidi Heidi's house, Heidi Potter. Oh. And this is new border, new border horse. And her horse is normally just welcome their, you know, their hooves. You know, they just, just say, hey, new horse, you're yeah. fine. But this guy was really having some trouble. So we went through a whole sort of investigative process of, um, we'd done like an hour of horse speak with him to communicate with him. And he'd gotten really soft and relaxed with us. But the moment they put a halter and leader up on him, he got like, the sky is falling. So our goal was just give him a different experience while wearing a halter and lead rope. So we, we brought him out and Laura uh, got him set up on the surefoot pads. And How recent was this? That's a lot of snow. Like last uh, week? Two, two weeks, uh, two yeah. Saturdays ago, I think. Okay. Yeah, it was really balmy out though. It was gorgeous, it was like 35, 40 degrees. So he's, how long has he been at Heidi's now, this horse? Just, he'd only been there a couple of weeks. And can, I mean, he's already got his eyes closed and his ears yeah. are really soft. And yeah. this is, is this his first time on Surefoot Pats? Yes. Yeah. And I don't know why you can't see the whole thing. Maybe stop it and start it again. Yeah, because yeah, we can't try we that. We can only see from like his elbow up. Right. Yeah. Oh, somebody's got a question. What probably happened was the, um, when you did the video, the, um, well, I had cropped the crop, it. You cr it cropped wrong. 
So somebody's asking while you're working on that, it says, does the girth button touch ask for space? No, opposite. The girth button touch asks for connection. So when you saw this, and this is what's happening here is, there we go. His girl is standing in front of him on surefoot pads as well. And so he, he, loves, he loves his girl. So he's looking at her and she's, she can't not rock and he can't not rock. And they're just hanging out and he, he wouldn't get off the pads. It was, it was just great. So he had a great new experience in a halter and lead rope. And when he walked off, he was much calmer about going for a walk with us. So back to the girth. Horses use the girth as their like magnetic um, part of their body to, to figure out how to like move either with each other, like side by side or navigate around each other. If you imagine every horse is like its own bumper car, then the girth is like right in the center of the bumper car. So you've got movable change direction parts in front, change direction parts behind. And right in the center is where we know how we can line up and be together. So they use it as a sort of line up, let's go button or line up, stay with me, stay inside the bumper car circle with me. So in that moment, the zebra was looking at the other zebra saying line up. In other words, don't come here. You're with me. You're not with this person. So, so um, to get back to this video, it's, it stopped playing, but uh, it's just really interesting to note like he was fine in the herd when he didn't have a halter on, but as soon, and was that true of this horse wherever he was that as soon as you put a halter on, there was a change in behavior? Well, they, um, the, the owners only have had him for a few weeks. They really don't know much about him. Oh, so he's new to them. Yeah. yeah. They right. got him in October. Right. And also he's been, yeah, about a month ish in this herd. Um, and so they're just, the boys haven't been able to settle together and become one herd. It's just been a lot of running around and chasing each other. And there's just no, you know, inner zero happening. So there has been a little bit of separation with captain and his buddy. He's with two other buddies. And then there's two other geldings on another pen at this point because it's just hasn't settled in. So we were asked to come over and check out um, this guy to see if what's we going on for him. Figure out, you know, is he missing parts of his language? Do we see perhaps maybe something physically is going on for him? Um, you know, so we did have noticed this very clear. He had some injury in the right front leg. It looks like his other legs had maybe got caught up in something. And he also had um, some really bad breath. And so, you know, and a lot of plaque and tartar on his teeth. So we're like, you know, maybe get your the teeth checked out because horses with bad breath is usually not a good sign. Right. No, so I'm very sensitive to horse breath. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when they put, when the mom and daughter put a halter on him and try to lead him anywhere, he basically just freezes. Because he gets protective <coughs> of the mom and daughter because the other horses were around and oh so he's God. like we can't go anywhere right he doesn't because he got he's not trusting the boys not that they were doing anything they were just standing there but the, he was just very protective of his humans so we had to talk to him and say hey we're gonna you know we want to take you out so we can uh, do some work one-on-one -on -one with you and then when they do get him walking forward he's very defensive and he does he does this kind of thing Ah. Quick. And he's not trying to hurt anybody, but he just, he just has this acty-outy defensive thing. And so, but, you know, with, there's so many plates on the stove with this horse. There's so many possible things. Nobody really knows his history. 
but the bottom line was, can we put him in this situation and get him just in a different place? And what you can just see barely on the side, you just saw one horse for a second. The other horse is lined up next to him at the fence line. And one was going so deep into sleep that he fell over. <laughs> oh no, seriously. Yeah. So when we put him back with the boys, they, they just maintained a low, calm attitude with each other. And everybody went and found a safety object and just got into a state of rest, which they really hadn't been able to. So here, Laura's doing a little bit of sit button. She was thinking about getting ready to ask him to move because he was actually, this is just the end of it. And we were thinking, we've heard you say, you know, you don't want them for their first time on them for that long. Yeah, but because you could see him swaying and it's the concern for having them on for a long period of time is that you can make them sore because right. you yeah. did see him swaying. But he, you can see, he, he's, he's like, no, I'm not leaving. These are my pads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she went through his buttons and was like, well, let's back you off the pads. And he's like, no, <laughs> like, you gave me these pads. I know. I'm not. There okay, go. fine. <laughs> Oh, he's, but he's very put out about it, isn't he? Oh. Yes. So, and and she's on, just for anybody, uh, he's on hard pads in front and firm slants behind. So it's not like he's on a really squishy pad. He's on hard pads in front. Um, but yeah. he's very definite about it. But I find it fascinating that while he was there, the other horses, so, so this was in the pasture with the yes. other horses. You hadn't taken him out. And they came over and then he... Really, he fell over when yeah. yeah, he was just there, just like swaying. He's like basically fell he over. He fell on his front knees and went, whoa. 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 So they've yeah. been on, those other horses had been on pads, hadn't they? They have been, yeah. Yeah, so, so but that is so sure. cool to use the pads in that way to, to kind of get everybody to be friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was really, really a, a good day. And he also, that horse, um, wanted Laura's been studying how to do uh, gum and tongue massage mm -hmm. and he wanted a lot of it he was really seeking release on his tongue and his gums and so you know he's like well I didn't know putting on my halter meant spa day yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well and that makes you wonder you know that um, the halter was clearly associated with something unpleasant but mm -hmm. and that's just that was awesome that you could make that uh, such a 180 degree turnaround. Yeah. And the, the, thing the other interesting thing about talking to the herd, because I talked to the herd as a whole, was that um, one of the herd members, he's kind of a, he's not a low man on the totem pole, but he's not a mentor. He's so he cares about captain and captain's well-being, but he doesn't know what to do for him. Right. He was standing to the side, sniffing a safety poo instead of eating his hay while we were talking to captain. And, and the other, the mentor horse had gone off way off, way, way, way far away to um, give him plenty of space and he was eating his hay pile. When we talked to the mentor horse, that guy, Jordy, who was sniffing poo, clear, moved over so Captain could come have the hay that he didn't eat. And then wow. Jordy went and sniffed for Captain's leftovers. And for knowing Jordy the way I do, it was unusual behavior. And to me, it was like Jordy was saying, I don't know what to do for this guy and I'm really worried about it. And I, so demonstrating that level of stress going through the herd and talking to the, to the mentor after, and he, he was his typical calm manners, but his body was really rigid. So he too was saying, so for them to line up against, against the fence and finally like take a nap, they're like, 
finally, Captain's getting a beer. <laughs> yeah, and from where he was a little bit at the beginning, he was very, Captain was very quick with the greeting and like head startled, shy, very startly. And, and the environment was freaking him out. There was snowmobiles that were going along. So he's just really like up into the environment. So from that, first interaction and within about, yeah, it was maybe an hour or, you know, we didn't work with him the whole entire time. We took some breaks and that kind of thing. He was great where I was feeling safe to put my hand in his mouth and that kind of stuff. So it was just really great to finish with the surefoot pad, which really seemed to be beneficial to him. And his owners are, you know, going to the next steps to get his teeth looked at and maybe his hind end and that kind of thing. So it's just, really neat to be able to have a, a little conversation with a horse and notice if there is some physical limitations going on and to be able to have, we have, you know, a little Rolodex of people, call this person, call that person to, uh, you know, get the team together so that the horse can be in a great state of well-being. And have you had any updates since in the two weeks since you did we that? We have not heard. Not, not directly, no. no. There's been so many other um, things yeah. to do. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. It, like, it, it's like being in a fast river, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Um, all right. So somebody's asking, do you see a difference in how a herd communicates with a horse that is diseased? I'm thinking of congenital or genetic diseases that mean a horse can't move or function normally. Mm -hmm. um, that's a, a two-sided answer for me. And Wendy, maybe you have your own thoughts about it. It depends on what the herd is. So are there mentors, guides, teachers, sentries in that herd? Then they tend to be like that zebra was where they're protective. Um, <clears throat> are there other low, low ranking herd members that are like, I can't take care of you. I can barely take care of myself. That, that type of herd might drive such a horse out. Like I can't, I can't help you. So, you know, take that disease and go over there with it. So it really depends on, on, the personalities that you have in your herd and what their level of self-care is. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting when I was trekking in, um, in New Zealand years ago, we had some gray horses and at night they were all turned loose and the herd would chase the gray horses out of the herd and make them, and this is New Zealand where there's no predators, okay? They don't have, you know, cats and dogs, it's it. But they would push them away um, because they're so bright at night, right? Very easy to see. So it's interesting how horses uh, will interact. And I think it's, you have to kind of take each case sort of depending yeah. on what the herd dynamic is. I yeah. was thinking about that gelding that we worked with that time and that mare that we helped integrate those that herd at the beginning of the pandemic and where he had like the wobbles or something. Oh yeah, this was beautiful. He, you know, he had a... Um, a neurological disorder. I forget exactly what he had. And, um, you know, he had a really hard time stabilizing. And if he, if he did lay down, it was really hard to get up and all these things. So they finally had um, over the fence, he'd become really friendly with this Percheron mare who was like 27 and she just lost her pasture mate. And so she and this horse had become very friendly over the fence. And the owner of the horse with the problem wanted me to be there. So we were virtually there when they integrated the two horses and I took them through a very slow process because the owner's just like, if he trips, if he falls. You and know. he's been basically isolated. So right. he hasn't been, and he's older and she's just like, how can I have him just be a horse? If he's not feeling well, I just feel bad. He's in the stall and yeah. you know, all that So they integrated 
And then she showed me two weeks later, here's the mayor walking at his flank and keeping him up and keeping him going for like 15 minutes of walking. And then she'd stop and they'd graze. And then she'd get to his flank and she would only, she'd switch sides, but he was more wobbly on one side than, than the other. And she'd run around to the other side if he was gonna fall and she'd pick him up. Wow, special yeah, mayor. It was really cool to just watch the first conversations with them because you could clearly see that she was not gonna drive him. She was not going to do anything that would have raised the energy between their dynamic. And she was that luckily the type of caretaker, you know, mothering energy. So therefore he could spend, you know, it's a really, it's an amazing, actually, it's an amazing story and he was with her for a couple months and he unfortunately did pass away but he was able to canter canter wow. and, raise <laughs> yeah. and do be a horse be a horse you know and after wow, the, that's amazing the first like amazing. 10 days of this physical therapy then they were just in their own pockets like orbiting each other and grazing mm -hmm. and having a life and she didn't do that anymore so it was really interesting it, it almost makes me think that she treated him like a foal that needed support yeah yeah Wow, fascinating. All right, we have, a, we have a question. This might be a good time to ask it. My seven-year-old thoroughbred gelding is very busy with his feet and mouth and has not been sound in three years that I've had him. How do I determine if this ADHD-like behavior is pain-related or neurologic in origin? And how should I best deal with it? I have three lameness evaluations so far, a recommendation for a myelogram and three problems fixed, but still no clear answer for these issues. And he's the only horse I know that can't tolerate the surefoot pads. Um, I would just say that the fact that he can't tolerate the surefoot pads clearly indicates that you know he's got something going on, and I wouldn't consider him ADHD. Um, I'm really wondering if you might want to watch the webinar that we have tomorrow night with Robin Larson on ECVM and signs of ECVM, because that's when I read this, that's what I think about the equine vertebral complex. Uh, M. M. <laughs> M. Um, because you know they you've done lameness exams, but having if you haven't watched Sharon May Davis's webinar, which is the number one webinar on my webinars with Wendy at this point, um, where she talks about ECVM, and that's just the feeling I get from this. I don't know if you guys have any other input on this one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I know what you're saying about the the ADHD, where it feel it can feel like a horse is. Um, busy, 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 busy. But, but in my experience, that type of acting out is coming from a displacement of, of the anxiety that they're feeling because they, they're not well. So in any horse I've met who's like that, they're just sort of in this, like they can't sit still in their mind. They can't, they are, they're stressed and they don't know what to do with that stress. And right. it has to do with pain. Um, pain management or, um, or I just can't move that well. So, and I know for myself, if I, um, I, I recently um, had a problem with my shoulder, the, the tendon that goes right here slipped. And so it was, it was almost like it was um, a subluxation and it was un ungodly painful. And I know for three days I could tell that I was triggered into my sympathetic nervous system and could not get out of it. And I just remember starting to feel crazy. Like I literally, I was, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't rest. No, I took all the baths you could take, but I couldn't rest. I, you know, there was nothing I could do to switch back to my parasympathetic. And I remember feeling, this is what horses feel like. This is what I see 
when you, this mindset came over me where I was just like, ah, you know, like, it, cause there's no running away from your body. No. Um, and she said that they've done the x-rays that show there's, there isn't any malformation and the M is malformation. Um, but yeah, I would say that, you know, like I have so many people say, oh, he's just a butthead. Oh, he's just, you know, oh, he can't focus. There's, he's not okay. There's something not okay. And the question is what? Um, when in doubt, like we always suggest getting the teeth looked at by right. someone who is a specialist with balancing. balancing the incisors, especially the front teeth, um, seven years old. So he's definitely lost He's had enough mouth teeth. changes. Yeah. So then there could be something going on. We found, you know, one horse that we had met, he was four and all he did was similar. He couldn't stand still and he was rubbing his head on everything. And to the point where he was actually poking himself in the eye because he was just so stressed. And he had regular dentistry. And yeah. And then Sharon had just put her hand on his cheek and he just went, oh, and you could feel the heat coming and it was, off of his mouth. There was a couple, something was erupting wrong and there was yeah. some malformations and he developed ulcers. Yeah. And in that case, this is a, a very conscientious owner. I think most people really try to do the right thing for their horses. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're getting a second opinion, it's just a reasonable thing to do because not everyone has the same set of eyes. Not everyone is, is looking for the same. Sometimes it's a nuance. Like when we had our, our ancient horse Zeke who had mouth cancer and he had a couple of teeth pulled because of the cancer. Um, those teeth, there's nothing, the teeth aren't doing anything mm -hmm. anymore, but there were moments where he had something uncomfortable and our, our balancer, our tooth balancer would come and just like one swipe, just one little funny thing that was, he, it was, he was feeling uncomfortable and he would literally blow out and blow out and blow out and then shake it off and swish his tail and walk off and grab some hay and go, yup, that was it. And the hay <laughs> would fall back out again. He was able yes. to, to view the, the bite planes and be able to see how he's actually chewing and then counterbalance the teeth to enable him to chew Just the best be more he could to be more comfortable. You know, and we had one month before he passed away, he had done this weird stuff with his mouth and we're like, we need to get our balancer over here. She was able to come over. She did the swipe and then he had another solid month and then he with, was with clear. mouth comfort. And, yeah. and if, we, if we hadn't seen it, we wouldn't have believed it, you know, right. that there could yeah. be this fussy, fussy little thing. But I think the bottom line, the fact that the horse won't stand on surefoot pads is a big indicator that there, right. it's definitely a pain factor. Well, I definitely, 99%. And, um, you know, we've had horses where they were injured and had neurological problems and they had loved Surefoot. And then after the injury, they couldn't do it. And then we could see as they were recovering, he liked him again, but then he re-injured and he couldn't do them again. And so it was right. a way to kind of sort things out. And, you know, um, it's certainly an indicator that there's something going on. The other thing I want to put out there is when, um, when horses have these layers of thing going on, they can get stuck in a sympathetic loop also. Maybe, maybe the pain is not as intense as it once was, but they got, they got into that paradigm and they don't know how to get themselves out of it sometimes, which is why I studied mentor horses because I would watch mentor horses were at, at the rescue I worked at where there was like a hundred horses at a time. I would watch some really traumatized, really abused, really starved, you know, extreme pain cases come in 
and they pair them with one of the few, you know, old red, you know, poor man with old red, he'll keep him quiet. And within, you know, a half an hour, the horse has shifted and they're relaxed and they're eating and, you know, they're in a good place. So my, my research really um, focused on what's old red doing, because that's what I want to know how to do. So one of the things that we can offer on an emotional support well, way yes. is she, she is asking, I don't mean to interrupt you, but she is asking, how do I communicate with him regarding the busy mouth feet or do I just continue to stay out of the way? So if you right. can frame what you were just yeah. saying in that. Yeah. So yeah, if you have a horse and they're like, ah, with the mouth and you know, uh, I try to then shift my communication to the hind end. That's just, if, if they're so busy in their mouth and they're so distracted and um, I'll, I'll move carefully down the body and see if I can start doing contact on the hind end. And before I do that, I'll usually touch the wither three times. That's how you ask one, two, three on the wither and then stop. If they don't leave, don't shake, don't pin their ears, don't, they just basically stand there and kind of look at the sky. Then that's their way of saying, yeah, sure. You can touch me. If you go to do this and they go, oh, then they're, they're saying, I don't, I'm not ready for touch. So then I might try in a couple different ways. Could you handle this touch? Can you handle if I touch you with a stick? You know, but I'll ask at the wither because that's where horses ask other horses, can I groom you? And from there, then I'll move down the body to the hips. The top of the hip says, I've got your back. So just pressing your hand without doing anything, no, nothing, just pressing or even just in the from air. The, if like you, you saw you with, the zebra there, like with the zebra. I've got your back. And that's literally what it says. You'll see a horse go to another horse, put their chin here and go, I've got your back like that. So you're doing the same message. And from there, if you can get down to the, the sit button. So if you follow the round part of the rump where it comes in here right before it goes this way to the tendon that leads to the hawk. So they have a nice round bum. And at the roundest part of the bum where that, the, it's basically the back of the stifle joint that's where they buckle to sit, to lie down. So if you place your palm there and you just rest, you breathe a lot of sighing, a lot of out breath. It literally means sit down, take a load off. And you'll see horses sometimes rub their forehead there or kind of massage each other there or look at it in another horse, hey buddy, sit down, you're okay. They will also sometimes reprimand each other there. That's why I'm saying, can you start with the hip and slide your way down so that they know it's not a reprimand. And we've seen almost miraculous things happen from being able to embrace the sit button, even if we've had to do it with a stick for safety purposes. And what it says to a, the horse is you don't have to panic. You can, you can buckle this joint, you can start to sit, and it's a precursor to things like lying down and taking a nap. So we've seen horses just actually lie down and take a nap or actually sit down after touching it, or just in their mind, like let go of whatever the stress was. And then we come back to the face and we have a different conversation. Yeah, um, that was awesome. Thanks for that. All right, so I'm going to share a video and um, we had a webinar, a Sherpa webinar on uh, Friday with Sue Smith and Sue has this horse and um, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to get all the history quite right. Um, his name is Sparky, and he's um, he's a thoroughbred. She's had him, I think, for 10 years. So he's an older thoroughbred, and he's uh, has a lot of behavior when he comes out. So, you know, it, the weather's really crappy. She brought him in the arena for this 
but she did Surefoot with him and it really changed things. So I'm just gonna play this. It's, it's, uh, it's long, so I'll hurry it up. But what you can see is there's a, a lot of stuff going on and he has a pattern of really swinging his head, tossing his head. So I don't know how, how is it playing for you guys? Yeah, we can see it. Yeah. Is it playing clearly? Yeah, mm -hmm. so I'll just kind of like, uh, all right, because as long as it's playing clearly, because that's always the fun part of Zoom video. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you can see why he has his name Sparky. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, this is a pattern that she's, and Sue is a very conscientious person. She uh, has had body work. Um, she's, you know, done his teeth. But she's, her horses are very well cared for. But mm. you can see even during body work, there's some of this behavior, mm. um, which will get better with body work, but doesn't really stick, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, sucking, yeah. Yeah. So I'll just let this go a little bit longer. Um, and then, you know, the sort of the jawing and the that kind of, I'll get this out of the way, sort of the parted mouth kind of behavior. But you can see there that things are getting quieter. And now I'm just gonna take it to a, this is another day. I think this is the day that Sue, Sue's working on case studies for Surefoot. And so she, she chose Sparky. <laughs> um, And so, you know, it's not like he's a young horse and it's not like she hasn't uh, uh, done a lot of stuff to for his body and his teeth and that sort of thing. You know what I appreciate about her? Mm -mm. She's, she's giggling. <laughs> he's, yep. he's doing all that and she's like, there you are. Uh, Sue, Sue's awesome. She, and she's uh, very involved with Cantor, which is the thoroughbred rehoming, you know, the mm. listing. Um, and so she has a lot of thoroughbreds that she's either fostered. So here she started with the surefoot pads and I'll just, uh, you know, he's a horse that paws the pad back and we all believe he's pawing it to his, he wants it under his back feet. Right. Um, because a lot of people when they see horses paw the pads, they think, oh, they don't like it. But a lot of times they actually might be trying to tell us which foot they want. Um, and again, I'm just going to kind of move this, if I can get my pointer to work. I'll just move this forward a little bit. So she puts it under that back foot. And he's, that's probably about a minute that he's standing there with just resting his toe like that. Mm. And the door obviously is where he's looking out. Mm -hmm. And he's not a very social friendly horse, except that now that she has done surefoot pads with him, he's become interested in her. You know, what's interesting. He just sniffed her foot. So he wanted her to move. <laughs> that, that says move, do something. And then he looked, he had looked at the other pad and now he's sniffing her friendly button. I mean, her follow me button. That's the back of her neck. So he, <laughs> he said, move your foot. And then he said, follow me. She Look moved at the a pad. little bit. And then yep. he's like, oh, good. Get, basically, he's like, could you get the other pad? <laughs> <laughs> well, and look how square he's become, right? He really right. stepped mm -hmm. down on that pad. And, and for him to stand this long quietly is unusual. And Sue's on the webinar. So Sue, you can always pop anything in here, any comments that I've gotten wrong. Just 
pop it in the chat there or the Q&A or we can bring you in and, and have you uh, uh, speak. And there he does the same pattern. He moves, he says, move your leg, follow me, follow me. I want, there's your hand, hands work, right? Okay, move your leg. All right, you got any treats while you're at? No, no treats. Okay, well, there's a greeting. Oh, maybe there's a treat coming. All right, I guess I could be distracted by that. Okay, but really just, just follow me, would you? And she moves forward, he goes, oh good, you're gonna do it. See, and there's that mouthing behavior there and mm -hmm. the head twisting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you know, he's, <laughs> he's going back and forth and trying to communicate. And Sue's great because she's just calm. Now he's learning something. And so he was able, and this is where our bodies do intrinsically get the message at some point because this is body language is intrinsic, but we've, um, we've swapped it out for verbal for so long that we don't necessarily know, like organically. We do know, but we, we don't let ourselves know. Do you think it's hyoid could be a little wonky? Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to have his, his teeth balanced, but I think that it's cool that he's straightening. See, when he does that kind of thing, that's like he's trying to adjust something up in here. Well, and that's the pattern, but this is him after. Mm. That's really nice. Yep. And you can see what's really fascinating for me is watching him in the after, how much he's actually putting himself in a, in a carriage position. The, now on the canner, there's still a little bit of fluff, right? A little right. bit of the head twisting. Right. But just remarkably different after two sessions, but that habit that whatever that is in the head and neck that has yet to be resolved with body work and teeth. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. My horse actually, she would do a similar thing when we were on the journey of the natural balance dentistry before she kind of got solved where she would do shifting into canner, same thing. And when we, when our dentist came, she asked, how is she going into the canter? And I don't, and I was like, yeah, she kind of like lowers her head. And, and she's like, right, this tooth right yeah, here. Yeah, and I don't remember what tooth it was, but yeah. it's, it's interesting that, you know, we were talking about old man Zeke, that little one swipe thing. It could be like a, a hairline swipe of thing. something it's that's crazy. a little bit off. But, but I love, and you know what I love is that even though he was like, I need more, I want more, I want, you know, cause he's, he's thinking he's, that he has to have more yet other parts of him are coming into alignment and coming into balance. And it turns out he could, he could get himself into some nice balance with just the one foot on the one pad. So then yeah, he well, does it, learning. It, that was the end of the second session. So he may have had more pads there, but what I find, you know, this pattern, and I, I think that's one of the things that I want to bring out, where's that, where you see that, that yawing and that neck twisting, it's not uncommon to see horses do that. Right. Um, and you know, he's, he's not an Arab. So you know, it's a very common thing, but it's so interesting that he does it again there. And then we get a head shake and a lick and chew. Like it's like kind of exploring it one more time. And then doesn't the rubbing on the leg mean like I understood something? Yeah. Have I got this right? That's right. That's totally right. So he just had an aha moment, but look at his eyes are blinking independently there. When he turned, when he turns his head, his left eye blinks more than his right. See it? Yeah. So that's, that's like trigeminal nerve or facial nerve or the nerve in the tongue or an eye ocular nerve or one of, one of those cranial nerves is doing something wonky because his eyes are, oh, we did find out, um, someone did forward me a link to a German researcher who was studying the nostrils and that I guess, in fact, 
the, the nostril apparatus, the breathing is different. There's some different functioning between the, each nostril. Because sometimes, you know, they'll use one nostril more than the other. And well, I, I haven't been able to translate it into English yet, but I can forward you the link. Yeah, what I've seen with Surefoot, that it's not uncommon at all to have horses blink eyes independently or expand nostrils independently. Mm. Like really flare them on one side or even switch. Like I've seen them pull up one and then let that down and pull up the other one. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of stuff that that can be seen in the facial expressions. But, you know, we were just really interested in getting your opinion there because that, you know, he's had that pattern for a long time and just some of your thoughts on that. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. What I like is that he likes Sue so much that he's, he's talking to her. Like she's a pal. He's like, Hey, move. Can you, yeah, uh, you know, and then he's like, well, what was I doing? Oh, right. Sue, I wanted you to move. Yeah. And then he's, he's, he's pretty, pretty determined about it, but he's also, you know, he's really, treating her nicely i think he's he's like oh yeah well he's not <laughs> typically like that he's not typically friendly communicative can yeah that communicative way. thank you <laughs> like we are yes. yes i think what you and i have both found wendy is that when you're when you're doing these things with the horses um from from whatever angle they say oh geez you're really trying to show up for me and something inside of them shifts because we're not just showing up trying to make them do a thing yeah. we're like hey i want to help you do the thing i want you to feel comfortable oh, no, i'm sorry this is the sweet one the bay is the not snuggly one so i had that backwards okay so okay. he is snuggly sorry thanks sue <laughs> <laughs> that's why i wanted sue out there so she could correct me when i messed up but uh well, uh, we've come to the end of our hour. Yet again, we've just blown through it. You guys are so much fun to talk to and I've really missed you. So I'm gonna make sure we get you back on the schedule on regular. Yes, um, please. Yeah, so we can keep going. And now tell them about your book. What you've tell, what is this one about? Your new one? Uh, everything. everything. You need everything. That doesn't help. You have three, so they've gotta yes. be- Essential horse speak. It's the dictionary of horse conversations. And we're giving gestures, postures, and signals of, the, of humans to, to, to be able to talk to horses. So things like the hold hand that we were talking about. With the zebra. With the zebra. And, that stuff. and turn the key, come to me. There's that some kind myth of thing. busting. There's some problem solving. There's yoga reigns. There's basically how do you take um, this stuff through a process on the ground. And I tried, and I, I talked about horse personalities. Um, from the perspective of the herd and, and the energy types. And I uh, bring it through to some basic riding. It's not a riding book. This is not a book about how to be a better rider. No, that you can uh, get from me. <laughs> right, yes, yeah. and please do. Talk to Wendy. Um, this is a book about how to apply communication stuff, the same communication stuff to the riding process. So I've, cause I've done a lot of problem solving uh, where the horse is like, I just don't understand what reins mean. And they're on me, but I just never actually have understood why they're there and what I'm supposed to do with them. And so then yoga rein was invented, which still mimics cheek, neck, shoulder communication that horses do horse to horse. So if you're still mimicking a communication, not doing a training technique. But I think if you've done, you know, anybody who's kind of breezed through the material has said, but it makes sense out of the training techniques that I've been exposed to. Mm -hmm. So it's a, another way to kind of have a, a different perspective that when you come back to whatever your training technique is, you kind of have like a, a different 
aha, aha moment about, well, you know, cause I think that trainers through the thousands of years have been trying to do horse speak, right? I think anyone who's good with horses is trying to talk to them. And so people figure certain things out and wow, this thing seems to work. And what I've tried to do is say, does it work between horses? Do they do it? And then what's the modification or the spin we're putting on it? But really this is a horse on horse communication. And if you can see it from that perspective, it helps out. And as a precursor, you could join the Horse Beat Club at SharonWilson.com and then you can go live with us every Tuesday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and get all the sneak peeks because we talk about basically everything, everything that's in that book. Not that you shouldn't get the book, but <laughs> it's just live action. We go over our, our members' videos and a little bit like we did with the zebra today, defining all those little nuances that the zebra is doing and also defining if there's a, a person in there defining what they're doing with their postures and that kind of stuff. So you're getting per, like one-on-one -on -one coaching basically, but it's a community. And how can they sign up? For, where do they go to sign up for that? Put it in the chat. Sharonwilsey.com and it'll shoot you, you over to our teachable site. And it's a monthly membership of uh, $30 a month. And we have our archives since last June. So there's plenty of hours of learning there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. And just remember it's week five of our giveaway contest. So go to fans of yeah, fans of Surefoot or Surefoot Facebook page and sign up. This week it's what's one thing you've learned from the webinars, the Surefoot webinars on Friday. So and you can count this one in if you learn something here too. So right. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. It's such a blast to see you again. I love your new chair. It's very cool. <laughs> well, if nothing else, it's like Star Trek, right? I know that was like captain's chairs. <laughs> Light of the navigator. All right. Take, Take care, care. Right. Thank Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.